Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Wendy Nystrom with Environmental Social Justice. Today's special guest is Oliver English. He is the co-founder and CEO of Common Table Creative. Welcome to the show, Oliver. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. Great to be here with you. Oh, anytime. And I, it's a pleasure to have you because um, Common Table Creative is a very interesting organization. It's an impact-driven production and hospitality company that specializes in advancing global food, sustainability, and social justice issues. Could you tell me, you know, how did this come about? How did you start this company? Absolutely. Um, kind of by accident, honestly. I never thought that I would be sitting here with you in my front garden in Venice Beach having this conversation about the future of sustainable food and the future of environmental issues more broadly. My journey started early on in the restaurant business. Uh, my parents were chefs. They met at cooking school. I spent my whole life working in restaurants from when I was very young, you know, dishwasher, busboy, pizza cook, line cook, you, na you name it. In the restaurant business, I've worked in the biz. Uh, eventually growing into a role designing, developing, and opening restaurants around the world for originally a number of amazing chefs and then uh, eventually my family restaurant group. And I had a couple of experiences that really transformed my relationship with the environment and with the world and with the food system. Six years ago, I was living and working in Abu Dhabi to open a new restaurant. And about two weeks before we were set to open, I was sitting at the bar. I had my suit, you know, my New York self. And I ordered a big steak and potatoes, big glass of wine, side salad, all this food. And about halfway through my meal, I looked down at this big spread and for the first time thought to myself, wait a minute, where did all this food come from? Yeah. I've been in the desert for nearly two months, hadn't seen a farm, hadn't seen a fresh body of water. How did all of it get here? And so I asked our chef at the time to come out and we had a long conversation about each one of the ingredients. It was like over five ingredients from over eight countries. And we talked about, exactly, shocking. And we talked about you know, where, where the tomato came from, how it got here, how uh, how long ago was it harvested to get it here on time? And then how much salt and fat and sugar do you have to make it to taste like something? Then I saw how much food was being wasted. So I was, all of this kind of came together at once. And I was like, wow, I have never asked this question for someone who grew up in the restaurant business, studied hospitality in school, worked for all these amazing chefs. This was never part of the conversation. Got back to New York, started asking my friends, hey guys, where are the blueberries from? And they're like the grocery store. And I was like, hmm. Maybe there's a bigger disconnection here. And then fast forward three months later, I was opening another restaurant in the Bahamas. I sought out a local farmer to get some produce for the restaurant. Ended up meeting this amazing farmer named Sakane, who I spent three hours with. He was the first one to explain to me that the weather patterns he grew up with are so different from the ones today that he doesn't know what to plant. Oh. We looked into the distance and we saw massive trash fires. And he said, there used to be 12,000 farms in the Bahamas. Now there are 1,200. Everything is industrialized in the United States, shipped in on styrofoam wrapped in plastic. They send it to the landfill and they burn it. And wow. despite these challenges, he had a love and a passion and joy for food and farming that I found heartwarming and inspiring. And I called my brother, who's a filmmaker at the time, and I said, this guy's amazing. And he said, well, tell him we're going to come film an interview with him. And honestly, in those days, we had no idea what we were doing, but felt compelled to share this guy's story and the story of the family he was working with to transform this little piece of land next to the airport to feed the Bahamian people healthy organic produce. And that was the beginning of what would become the Feeding Tomorrow documentary journey, where my brother and I and our small team started to interview originally farmers, but then it grew to other people in the world connected to food and the environment in, in, by the likes of 
climate scientists, nutritionists, educators, policymakers, and entrepreneurs who are connected to food in some way. And our vision and our goal from the very beginning was with population growth, climate change, health epidemics, all of these interconnected challenges we face, what role does our food system play in being a solution to those interconnected challenges? And how do we incentivize and inspire individuals to take part in a more sustainable future through the food that we eat and consume and the farmers that we support? And that was the early days, two years into that project, we finally got an investment from an organ sustainable organization. And we realized that all of these food companies, NGOs, nonprofits were asking us for help with videos. So we actually moved all the way out to Los Angeles, myself, my business partner from school and my brother Simon to Venice Beach. And we launched our production company, Common Table Creative. And we said, let's not just work on our documentary, but let's be at the tip of the spear related to environmental storytelling. And so now with our company, we have worked with some of the world's leading food companies, NGOs, and nonprofits around the world to tell stories about food and farming. We have visited over 60 farms across four continents and become experts in sustainability storytelling. And so that is our great passion. The documentary is coming out in the fall. And we also host a pop-up farm-to-table dinner experience to further that message and bring people together around the table to talk about a more sustainable future. That's fantastic. I, I do want to um, kind of emphasize some of the things you mentioned with our broken food system is Abu Dhabi, you're talking five ingredients coming from eight different countries where people at the time were probably boasting about it. Yes, we flew all this in just for just for us. And then we realized that maybe not be the best thing. And then going to the Bahamas where you're talking about farmers that have now been put out of business in place for industrialization. And now the food's being brought in via plastic and styrofoam that is later burned, which is polluting the atmosphere, which is causing contamination. Um, we can get into the greenhouse gas discussion another day, but this is then gets rained down. So you have this vicious cycle happening. And thirdly, the health and wellness, which you do talk about in your documentary, food is, you know, you need to eat healthy food, organic food, food that doesn't travel too far because you lose that nutritional value. And exactly. you actually, in your film, talk a lot about the, the health benefits and you have a nutritionist that you interview. Could, um, could you explain to people the nutrition aspect? Because I, I don't think people really understand that. Absolutely. The, the nutrition of the food that we eat, and, and this is not something that I knew or was aware of until a couple of years ago. So I think most people don't know this. And I think a lot of that disconnection is honestly by design. And so I wouldn't feel bad about not knowing this, but what I have come to learn um, through this documentary process is that the food that we produce is so, and the health of that food is so directly connected to the health of the farm uh, and where it's grown and how it's grown. It is incredible. And one of the farmers in our film talks about this healthy soil, healthy plants, healthy animals, healthy people. That's just the way it is. It works like that. And so the entire nutritional value and quality of the ingredients, whether it's plants or vegetables or the animals that eat those vegetables is determined by the quality of the farm that those uh, products come from and how far they are, how far they travel to get to you. So a farm that is anytime you've driven through the Midwest, maybe, or in California, particularly the Midwest, and you just see endless fields of corn, right? Corn and soy just for miles and miles and miles. Most people can see that. The food that is coming from those farms are actually not really healthy for you. The soils have been injected with 
chemical fertilizers, chemical pesticides, and we have grown one type of crop uh, for decades. And we have essentially ripped the nutrients out of that soil. And we have uh, propped up and made those plants look healthy with a lot of chemical additives. So the plants look healthy, but there's not a lot of nutrients in them. No. So the food that comes from large industrialized agriculture farms, whether that's corn or soy or meat from big, you know, concentrated animal feeding operations, which are the big factory farms, effectively, yeah. though that food may have a lot of calories and look healthy, but there's not a lot of nutrient density versus yeah. uh, plants and animals that come from small farms that have not just one crop, but many different types of crops in the system and they are not using chemicals they are only using what is locally available the health of the soil and what's like the main is the thing is the organic matter so basically just the, the amount of you know health of the health of the soil effectively um is really from those small farms so when we buy food from farms that are local that are in season that are sustainable organic that kind of thing that is a much healthier plant and a much healthier animal than something that comes from far away also, one last point, the closer that we can eat food to the source, the better. As soon as you clip a head of lettuce, it starts to die. And yeah. so in Abu Dhabi, they had to harvest the tomatoes three weeks before they were ripe so that they were ripe by the time they got to us. So that's why they say seasonality is so important because you are eating food as close to the source as possible. So that is going to have the most nutrients um, versus something else. A quick trick to think about here is uh, flavor and color. The foods that have the highest pigmentation, so the deeper, the darker, the purple, or the red, the more nutrients it has. If you've ever picked up a tomato and it's big, but it's you know kind of pale and not very red, that yeah. likely came from a not healthy farm versus a small tomato or any size tomato that is really, really, really red or really yellow or really orange that's gonna have more nutrients and more flavor. Our mouths can taste that. When you taste a vegetable that is fresh and luscious and you know vibrant, that is actually more nutritious for you. And you know instinctively, our tongues have you know, developed to assess these kinds of things. So look for um, nutrient density, look for flavor, look for seasonality and look for what's local. A couple, because I, I do talk quite a bit about agriculture um, and the importance of food. And some of the things I've learned, I had a professor talk about our soil saying we're basically putting our farms on life support and just pumping it full of chemicals to keep it alive. And um, those corn and soybean farms, I have been told, and I could be wrong, it's primarily used for animal feed for those industrial farms for you know, cows and, and animals. So um, that's a problem in this vicious cycle we continue to create. And talking about your nutrient-rich food, um, when they're picked, when they're green, sometimes they get blasted with ethanol to force them to ripen, which isn't a natural ripening, which actually isn't healthy for you because it's making different sugars. So we're really screwing up our food. <laughs> we are. And the way that one of the, the main farmers in our film describes it is it is like it, it's a drug addiction. I mean, the, oh. fa the, the, the fact that yeah. every year we are pumping chemicals in and then you develop a resilience to a certain level of chemicals. So next year, you've got to add more chemicals uh -huh. and then you develop and then the soil becomes used to that level of chemicals. So you've got to add more chemicals. It is literally a drug addiction. And so the American farming system 
and therefore the American people, unfortunately, and much of the world as a you know result impact of that is hooked on drugs. And in this case, the drug du jour is the you know is the chemical farming system, yeah. and that has so many impacts, negative externalities impacts from the quality of the soil to the, all of those chemicals leaking into the water to, yeah. you know, the they just did a study um, of, of USDA food, um, the food that we are feeding our children. And the majority of the food that we are feeding our children in public schools in the United States uh, has been tested to have glyphosate, which is the most widely used uh, herbicide in the United States. So this has really significant impacts on the food system and it is uh, it is in dire need of a revolution and a shift. Oh, a disruption, absolutely. I mean, you've obviously traveled the world. Um, I had family that lived in Switzerland for a while, so I used to go to Switzerland. And every time I would eat something there, it just tasted better. And I remember thinking, what are they doing so differently that we don't have here? And then as I learn, as I talk to people like you and I get educated, we, have so many bad things in our food that other countries have banned and made illegal. We need people like you yes. to basically bring this to light through your movies, through your productions, through your, your conversations to say, we have to fix this. We can't rely on the FDA to do it for us. We just have to demand it now. You're absolutely right. And I would say the Europeans are far and away ahead of us in terms of the, what they ban. I mean, Many, many things environmentally and food systems wise, not even not even a question, but um, certainly the Europeans have banned many of the carcinogenic, you know, cancer causing chemicals, chemicals yeah. that are, you know, uh, just in our entire food system everywhere. They're like, they're like, of course, we're not going to have glyphosate. Of course, we're not going to have all these horrible chemicals that we know cause cancer. Like, obviously, you know, to us, I'm, I'm like, of course. Um, yeah. But there is a reason that you can go to Europe and eat food and pasta and drink wine and eat bread and walk around and not feel terrible, not gain weight. And it's because yeah. they're using less chemicals. And also generally speaking, the, the food system is far less processed. Yeah. And that is a very real situation. So it's not that, you know, food historically, and everyone's heard this adage, you know, let food be thy medicine. You know, the Chinese used it. Many societies have used a version of that throughout human history. And food was medicine up until, you know, 60, 70 years ago. And now, unfortunately, a lot of food is poison, quite literally. And the reality is that you're right, the US government is not gonna step in and make a change. The USDA is not gonna step in and make a change. It is up to the consumers to demand different. Yeah. It is up to the consumers. And so we need, what we're trying to do with our film and with, you know, the other folks that we're working with is how do we create mass systemic awareness so that Every single politician at the local level, state level, you know, national level has to talk about a food policy. And without that, they are missing a huge part of what it means to be a leader in this country. And they are missing a huge part of what it means to take care of their population. So this is something that's going to take all of us. We can't wait for this to happen. We've got to do something about it. We also have to squash the lobbyists, unfortunately, because... These yes. are multi-billion dollar companies that are making our food and they're, they don't want to change. It will impact their, you know, their revenue. And that's where we need 
again, I'm going to could, actually, could you, um, when can people see your movie? Because I think it's an important movie. It, it touches on all of these topics. Thank you. No, I, I, I agree. I'm obviously a little bit biased, but um, <laughs> uh, in, in the in, in the fall, um, we're actually finalizing our, our distribution arrangement right now, which is very exciting. Um, but hopefully it'll be out by November and I can we can share with your viewers some more details there. But the film is called Feeding Tomorrow and you can follow Feeding Tomorrow Instagram or you can follow me, Oliver English. And I post a lot about sort of what's going on with the different events. And we've got some film festivals coming up. But um, by the fall and by early winter, the, the film will be available for the world. And I really hope that it helps catalyze change, you know, and there's been a lot of amazing films out there over the past couple of years who have helped to bring these issues to the forefront. And we hope to be part of that movement um, yes. and to create mass systemic awareness. No, and, and the more we talk, the more we communicate with people and explain to people that what you're buying in the grocery store isn't necessarily the best thing for you. You, We've got to know where our food comes from, how, how it's grown, how it's made, how it's processed. There's a lot of stuff that goes into the processing. Um, and uh, you know, this is a funny story that um, I can share with you. I was um, on holiday and they had buffet food. And this woman said, I, I'm looking for the sugar. Where's the sugar? And they had sugar in the raw, which is brown sugar. You know, it's unprocessed. And she said, no, I want the real sugar. I want the white sugar. And she had absolutely no idea that sugar in the raw was actually better for you than the processed white sugar, which is bleached. And mm. that's, that's the common knowledge that we're dealing with. People just don't know. And um, we need to have more of these conversations to talk about what is healthy for you? What is the right food for you? It's very true. And that's not even to mention all the sugar that's probably in the salad dressings, the ketchup, the, the hamburger bun. I mean, it's the sugar is also a big challenge we face. It is in it is in everything. Yeah. Um, but there has generally been a big disconnection. And, you know, Americans have been sold salt and fat and sugar and a bunch of BS in packages. Yeah. And that's the truth. And I think one other important factor here when considering this broader conversation is the environmental considerations. I don't mean just the environmental impact of the food system. I mean, when we're talking about eating healthier, more sustainably, we have to realize that the system as it's set up right now does not make the healthy, sustainable local food readily available to members of all communities. Exactly. And that is a social justice issue. That is an environmental justice issue. And so back to the, uh, those big fields of corn and soy, to your point, the majority of that is unedible corn. You wouldn't, you know, do a corn on the cob, dip it in some whatever and eat that at a barbecue. Like that's not where that goes. The majority of it goes to processed food, junk food, ah. uh, and animal feed. And so that is why at a macro level, the United States government and we, the taxpayers, are subsidizing the growth through the farm bill of hundreds of millions or more dollars a year of corn and soy and wheat, which is why if you go downstream, the, the fast food burger, the packaged good, the thing at the corner store is cheaper, relatively speaking, to relatively speaking um, to the vegetable. So there is a lot there are a lot of forces at play here so just to say hey you've got to eat better you know da, 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 it's not quite fair we need to be i think more empathetic and thoughtful in that conversation and we need macro systems change to ensure that the healthy affordable option is there for most people in every community across the entire country and eventually the world when i was a college kid in boston 
I would eat at uh, McDonald's or Burger King because I could get two burgers, fries, and a Coke for a few bucks. Salad was yep. eight. I mean, what exactly. are you going to do? I by design. And you know what? You can't fault you for doing that. And you can't fault a single mom or you can't fault a family for wanting to put hot food in the table. I, I get that. Yeah. You know, you want to feed your kids. And that's just, you know, that's the first priority. And I understand that. Um, so we need to change the system to make the options more equitable and affordable in the in the big picture. Absolutely. The whole system needs to be disrupted and we need more of you. I'm here to help too. I, I'm, I'll back you up. I'll and, we, stand, I'll... And, and we need and, and we need more of you. We need more folks who are recognizing that need what needs to change and to get more voices out there to share this. So, yeah. I appreciate that, Rock, the Rock oh. Doctor. <laughs> maybe I can maybe I can be maybe, maybe I can be the Plant Doctor. Hey, go for it. I mean, okay, I don't know my name I, was given to me by a colleague. My name, a, okay. a colleague well, gave me that name. He was just like, "You're the Rock Doctor." I'm like, "All right." <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, this has been a fabulous conversation. I love what you're doing. Um, any new projects that people should know about or how can they um, follow? I mean, if you're on all the handles as Oliver English, you're very easily found. Any projects you're working on or maybe people could get involved? Um, I mean, right now for us, the big project is uh, Feeding Tomorrow. During the fall, we will be doing an impact campaign um around we'll be doing an impact campaign around the launch of the film which is going to basically help us to bring people um you know to do a, a, a farm to table dinner tour around the country to bring mm -hmm. the film and do screenings around the country um and that's going to be really how we get that out there so we've got a couple of smaller projects here and there but having worked on this film for six years and with the farm bill coming up um we really feel like this is now our time to get out there um if anyone wants to learn more um you can go to commontablecreative.com that's our production company um also i will send out a link we have a gofundme for small donations for the impact campaign so if anyone is interested in supporting this work and helping us get this message out there we would be grateful for that um, and then also follow Feeding Tomorrow and Oliver English on Instagram, and we can you can message me there, and um, we're pretty active in sharing what's going on. But I can share the link to the to the GoFundMe as well for anyone who wants to support. We would be grateful. Um, our mission is to educate and inspire people to think differently about food and to contribute to the greatest and most important environmental movement of our generation through food. And, yeah. and that's what we're doing. That's what we're about healthy food for everyone i mean that's the that's the messaging everyone should be the same have the same access so on that oliver thank you so much for your time today um i am grateful you're you're a very busy man so taking this time is is very important to me so i do thank you for that um anytime you want to come back or give us an update open invitation just let me know um but thank you for your time i do appreciate it i appreciate you wendy thank you so much keep up the good work Oh, thank you. So, okay, guys, I'm Wendy Nystrom, your host with Environmental Social Justice. We'll catch you next time. Please check out Oliver English. He is on every handle imaginable. He's easily found. They're doing good work. Support their work. Thank you. Bye. Cheers.